Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Studio 6B, LFS 6B mode, activated on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Slick Rick sitting over there in the, oh, that's a good-looking Purple. jacket right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you look like you're ready for Nashville. You know what I'm yeah. saying, Slick Rick? We're ready. Oh, it's Broadway with I'm the ready. boots. You need to get you a hat. Well, you got plenty of hats. I got hats. Yeah, but he needs to have it blocked. Yes, and so do I, by <laughs> the way, from someone who I try. I, heard, I saw, hey, I saw, by the way, thank you very much for bringing that up. I saw in the chat that someone said, Slick Rick, you know who could do it for me? Who? Don and Donna. No kidding. From Cowboy Logic. You know they said that they blocked sense. their own hats. Oh, that makes sense. Can you send it to them good. or you have to be there when they do it? Yeah, you want to probably be there. Yeah. We got to block your head. And then so I guess I got to wait for us to go to the Franklin Theater in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Now, how does that work? Do they, do take, the sh- do they take a cast of your head? No. Like a plastic just, cast no. and then Are you, you pull no? No, it already fits oh. my head. Now we just got to shape the outer part of oh. the hat to the okay. way I want it. So they I did that like to Dwight. make the hat, Rick. Don't <laughs> 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 look like Dwight Yoakam. Come on. I guess there wasn't enough plaster to make that hat. <laughs> hey, speaking of, uh, not to be going in nine directions like a like a drunken fool that, that I <laughs> sound like right now, but that just Nashville and country music reminds me. Uh, let me make sure I have my sound going to Fran here because, uh, yeah, no, I don't. Now I do. Ed Henry and Karen Turk this morning from the historic um, RCA Victor studio. Oh, that's right. They did were their they morning were on the road. show. Uh, RCA Studio C. And they had. Who's that dude? I believe he's the owner of the studio. And they had on this girl. Her name is Emily McGill. Well, just listen to a little bit of this girl sing. Come on. Come on, Slick Rick. Tell me what you think. Started out steady strong. Come on. She's got She's got you already. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Strong. like a song. So live. Yeah. It didn't last too long. Wow. I've tried so hard to forgive the past. Fiction, not fact. Through rose colored glass, the stories played out, the roles never changed.
you found your opening act for Nashville. <laughs> She's good. Nice little chord change there. Yeah. Pretty good. That's great. That girl's got some soul. Would that be the, is that the RCA studio where Elvis used to record? I believe so. Yeah. Wow. And <laughs> I believe they were going to tear that building down about 11, 12 years ago. Wow. For some reason. Um, but they didn't. And that's where Ed and Karen were this morning. And they had her. I mean, I, I saw that. I said, who is this girl? Are you kidding me? Yeah, she's dynamite. Yeah, dynamite. She's, she sounds like a she sounds like a, a an older artist. Yeah. If you close your eyes, you're thinking she's a more mature artist. She's 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 dang good. And I'll tell they you, the call thing, that dang good. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the thing about Nashville is, Nashville is a place that if you're a musician, I mean, you can walk into a little place in Nashville. I mean, I've only been there twice, so but I just I just know. I mean, you could walk into Nashville and see absolute nobodies who you've never seen or heard of just playing there on a, on a night and they all absolutely just rip. Yep. <laughs> you've got guitar players playing at places that you just can't even believe what you're hearing. Yeah. I and mean, that's how, that's how competitive it is to be not only session players in Nashville, but just, you know, you walk into Tootsie's on any nights, it's smoking whoever's up there. It, wow. And to Rick's point, she sounds like the great Joni Mitchell a little bit, and that's saying something to me. Oof. Oh, man, that girl, come on now. Sing a little country music. I like that. Yeah. So, um, well, we got to just get down there, I think, is basically what we have to do. I talked to the um, talk to Harry Oates. <laughs> How did that go? How was Harry <laughs> on the Talked to Harry way. today because he's down there. And I said, Harry, can you go over to the Franklin Theater, please, and just get us a Thursday and a Friday night? So that's what Harry's job, that's what Harry's working on. All right. So that's what we're, that's what we're zooming in on. And we're going to get uh, our friend um, Michael Curtis involved. Oh, yeah. And we're going to get some, we're going to maybe, get, we'll see if we can get her. Yeah, she would kill. Woof. And then we'll get some, uh, we're just going to, we'll do some, we'll do the show, and then we'll do maybe an hour after the show of just music. Mm. So I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put it together. I promise. I'm gonna put it together. Don't look at me like that, though, God. I'm telling you. <laughs> of course, of course, we're, we're gonna, gonna put it together. There. My we're goodness, gonna, we're gonna do it. So it's gonna be perfect. It just takes the right time. It's, <laughs> it's just the, the right. <laughs> shut up. The perfect timing. He's gonna bring his. Uh, so here's how. Here's how annoying. Delgado is just. I know. I'm not rooming with him either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need my own room. Well, don't worry, Slick. Me and you, I'm going to put us up at the oh, Delgado's nice. going to oh, be nice. down there at the old <laughs> Motel 6 on the corner. <laughs> and the, only, gonna... the, only, the only sweet we're going to see is the yeah. candy jar at the front desk. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are going to be on the second floor of the Motel 6, living it up. We'll leave the light on for you, Big D. <laughs> Motel Deep 6. So here's how nuts Delgado is. He comes in today. What? Yeah, you heard me. Yeah, what? Yeah, me and Fran have already convened on this, so we're I've already oh, really? teamed, I've already teamed up right, with the Fran. guys here on the show. And he sends me this video and he says, I just, oh. I just don't know. He Take says, a look at the video. You gotta check this out. Check it out. You, you gotta check this out. Check so, it out. Aaron, throw this up in the box here. And um This is a real video. 
Okay, this is you heard it. This is a real video from um, Rick Delgado. So here, let me put it uh, full screen. Now, now I didn't create this video. This is something I found online. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Unidentified flying theory. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Here we Rick go. says, you got to watch this, Damon. You can't believe it. Well, in about five seconds, I noticed things already about it that make no sense. So Just watch. Here we, go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, guys. We have got this crazy piece of footage to take a look at that was captured from this pilot's plane. So, guys... Let's have a look at the footage, Not and then we'll have a real plan. quick chat after. Say that. <laughs> now watch. Pay attention. Now pay attention. I have the whole story behind this. Just watch. <laughs> okay, good. Thank God. Here it comes. Look at this. Uh. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Why are you laughing? What is that? It's a hot dog wrapper so from the Phillies game. You may have noticed that the map was missing. <laughs> From the beginning of this look. video, and that is because I haven't Holy got the exact cow. location. Look, what? The only thing what? I That's really know is. is that this what was is captured that? Graduation cap. Fourth of April, <laughs> graduation cap. Jackass. They're twelve thousand feet in the air. You can see this object <laughs> come in, and it seems to bank as if it's avoiding the plane. It just now, graduated guys, the Air Force. Incredible <laughs> close-up footage of what we are looking Little for. Little hassle tassel. There you have it. Take a look. But guys. What do you think Look, about the footage? This is what I deal with. Look, so until I'm just next saying, time, I don't know what it is. And keep safe. Oh. See? Look at it. Take wow. a look at that. It, it goes flying past the plane. Now, this is footage. It was caught through the window of a private plane over Columbia. But not this plane. No, not... not. Clearly not this plane. I don't even know why this is part of the footage. I don't even know the, either. The ground is different. The, right. the plane's different. Then we yeah. get to this. We get to this. Because this is, this is the actual video. Right? And it was, uh, it was, uh, the plane was being, uh, model Valentina Ruta Velez, who I don't follow on Instagram. Oh, no, yes, me I neither. Did. Apparently nobody um, does. <laughs> she, she was flying over Antioch, Antioquia, Colombia in a Cessna T-303 Crusader You're when kidding. the video was taken in the footage taken from the cockpit as a diamond shaped thing zooming towards them. Uh, when you fly back and you see it, it says, according to the according to Jorge Ortega, the uh, object oh. observed was not a balloon of any type and not a drone and not known, not any known object to him. I didn't know he according was According to, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he Ortega, owns a chips and salsa company, Ortega. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, stupid. Uh, Ortega recounts that the object was first seen floating stationary at a specific point between Medellin and Santa Fe. <laughs> what? Did I say it wrong? It's Colombia. I don't know how to pronounce their stupid cities. Uh, Anyhow. Oh. As he was filming, the object moved slightly, then began to hunt it with the yeah. aircraft. At one point, they describe it as a UAP, the, the new UFO thing. Um, I'm not saying this is... This is aliens. Okay. okay well, good. Thank you. Well, I'm glad, thank you. I'm glad oh. we're clear on that. <laughs> but I am saying... It could be aliens. <laughs> it looks like one of your foil, high, your foil right, hats Fran, took flight. I called Fran over as <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> yeah, Fran's you're not gonna, gonna you're not gonna, gonna tell me eye. you're not gonna tell me oh it's a piece of dust on on the uh, uh, on the cockpit window. No, it's, it's not somebody it, throwing up a, a hat at twelve thousand feet. Okay, Fran. It doesn't look like it's moving. It looks like the plane is moving past it, which means it's an airborne object already, something floating in the air. Mm -hmm. Well, he said, it says here that they first flew by it. 
Yeah, right. I did. Yes, he said. Uh, uh, recounts that the object was first seen floating stationary at a specific point, like a balloon. <laughs> but it's not a balloon. Uh, yeah, it could be a balloon. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, no, because it's at twelve thousand five hundred feet. Oh, was this the Chinese balloon? No, this was no. in Canada. You said this. No, this is Colombia. No. Oh, Colombia. Right. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Well, yeah, what is whoa. it? See. <clears throat> uh, uh, Look, it's just a question. Yeah. You didn't have to play the video. I just said, I'm no, going to send I, it you, to you, you so you could watch you it. Were so, and you tell me. You were so fervently about me watching it. Like, you've not sent me a lot of stuff where you've just insisted that I watch it. So, well, I just, what is it? That's the question. No one knows. Can you identify it? No. It looks like the thing I put in my uh, hot tub to clean the hot tub. I unscrewed the top. Look, the top of it looks just like that. <laughs> Shut up, Aaron. No. I see you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I don't know, to be serious, what it is. Uh, but it's just, I mean, how many of these videos are out there? There's a lot of them, aren't there? Well, that's why they call it an unidentified flight. Because they, they didn't identify it. They didn't say it's definitely this, it's definitely that. They're just saying it's unidentified. Take okay. a look. So is there a theory behind this, or do you just want us to see the video? No, I just wanted you to see it. Okay. Because I thought it was kind of cool. It's like, well, that's interesting. It looks like it's made of metal. Right, that's looks good, like it could be a it could be a shiny metal that's a good type point. of object. Like, that's what a is a shiny metal object doing up there with no uh, no means of propulsion, just kind of in the air? Oh, maybe mylar filled with helium. Any yeah. uh, any final thoughts from you? I, Slick? I'm still going with graduation cap. I really am. <laughs> I think so. I don't see a tassel, but other than that, I think I'm going graduation. That fell off at six thousand feet. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Let's get into some news when we get back. From Neptune. Friday night. Live from Studio 6B, let me talk to you about our friends at Birch Gold Group. Inflation has consequences as we've all been living for the last two years. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling the banks, putting a couple of them, well, right out of business. Depositors are holding their breath and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with our friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k, excuse me, into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text AMERICA. Send it to 989898. Get your free information kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied right now to the volatile stock market into an IRA in precious physical metals, gold and silver. And the best part is it'll grow tax sheltered. Text America to 989898 and claim your free information kit on gold today. 
Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text America right now. Send it to 989898 and get together with our friends from Birch Gold Group today. All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. We'll get into some news uh, with Rick Delgado. I've got a couple things I want to follow up on this um, this leaker. Tucker had Gre- uh, Glenn Greenwald on last night, who I thought really nailed the essence of what's going on here. Um, and a couple other things I want to get into with that. I talked to some people just privately about it as well who called me and said, hey, what do you think about this? And I tell you, everybody I talk to is, is of, of uniform cons- uh, consensus that um, – no, no it way. Doesn't smell right. No way. Not, not like this. Nope. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much across the board. Everybody who called me to ask me about this um, when I told them, and they all said, yeah, I agree. So, all right, we'll get into that. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, NHL and NBA playoffs kick off tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's the um, NBA and NHL kicks off Monday. I got the schedules. We're going to preview that a little bit later. Big odds makers tonight. Oh, yeah. I got four good ones all lined up for tomorrow's games. Obviously, we're waiting for the finals from the uh, play-in eighth seed. Big game in Miami tonight. Bulls and Heat underway. And we got the Thunder and Timberwolves coming up later later on tonight as well. So we'll be watching to see who gets in as the eighth seed in the East and West, respectively. But uh, let's get into the big story in the NBA earlier today. Mavericks fined 750000 by NBA for resting players. This is uh, was originally posted on Hoops Rumors by Luke Adams. Yeah, the Mavericks have been fined 750000 by the NBA for conduct detrimental to the league. According to a press release, the penalty was the result of a league investigation into Dallas' decision to rest healthy players on Friday, April 7th during the team's second last game of the season when a play-in spot was still within reach. The Mavericks violated the league's player arresting policy and demonstrated through actions and public statements the organization's desire to lose the game in order to improve their chances of keeping its first-round pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the NBA said today in the statement. Those are serious allegations. Um, the league stressed that there was no indication the players who took the court for the Mavs in the game weren't playing to win, but NBA executive VP and head coach of, and head of basketball operations, Joe Dumas, remember Joe Dumas from the Detroit Pistons, said the organization's decision to rest key players undermined the integrity of our sport. The Mavericks' actions failed our fans and our league. The Mavericks ruled out all-star point guard Kyrie Irving, along with key role players Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green, Maxi Kleber, and Christian Wood for last Friday's game versus the Bulls. Uh, due to a Slovenian event at the arena that night, Luka Doncic uh, uh, suited up for the first quarter, but was pulled from the game early in the second and did not return. Um, so the Mavericks uh, owe their 2023 first-round pick to the Knicks, but we'll keep the pick. It ends up in the top. But we'll keep the pick, and it ends up in the top ten, having lost the two games at the end of the season. Mavericks owner Mark Cuban was fined 600,000 by the league back in 2018, if you recall, for talking about how tanking would benefit his team. So the moral to the story for me here is: uh, it appears um, what happens when a shark. This is what happens when a shark. Uh, his team tanks. <laughs> Uh, and uh, here we go. We got another one. Philly's yeah. Matt Strom. I don't think Cuban cares too much about the money. Nah, he probably doesn't. He invests more in <clears> the shark tank. Yeah, he, he never cares too much for authority. So I'm, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he cares about too much for Adam Silver either. 
Yeah, but I know he likes to win, so he's probably just, you know, strategizing to get that pick, that top pick. Uh, and Philly's uh, Matt Strom blasts billionaire MLB owners for extending beer sales. Fear for fan safety. This is Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. We reported on this the other night how several teams are extending beer sales now with the shot clock and the fans of the five MLB teams that have extended the beer sales into the eighth inning may be celebrating that decision, but not all MLB players think it's such a good thing. During a recent podcast, pitcher Matt, Philly's pitcher Matt Strom uh, criticized billionaire league owners for extending beer sales into the eighth inning, a move he believes could pose a danger to fans. The reason we stopped selling alcohol in the seventh before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home, correct? Uh, Strom asked on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. So now, with a faster-paced game and me just being a man of common sense, if the game is going to finish quicker, would not would we not move the beer sales back to the sixth inning to give our fans more time to sober up and drive home? Instead, we're going, we're going to the eighth, and now you're putting fans and our family at risk driving home with people who have just drank beers uh, 22 minutes ago. So, of course, he said he wasn't surprised. Billionaire owners, whenever you, you find a way to dip into their pocket a little bit, they're going to lose a little money because the games are finishing sooner. They'll find a way to, you know, to, to uh, you know, bend the rules a little bit. But uh, Major League Baseball has not yet said whether any uniform rule governing alcohol sales will be implemented. But you got to think, too, people should be smart. If you're going to drink, you should be going with a group of folks. You should have a designated driver. That's usually a way to navigate around that, so to speak. But... Uh, Yes, yeah, so we'll see what happens. And uh, that's a wrap in sports for this segment. All right, Slick Rick, very good. We'll do some more sports. Again, sports is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Use our promo code LFS6B at checkout for 10 to 60% off. And if you're buying the MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free. Let's do a little news, and we'll do some more news when we get back. And here with that's Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. EarlyTreatmentMeds.com, your one-stop shop for really anything you need for your health, whether it's ivermectin, vitamin D, Tamiflu, um, high-dose vitamin D. They've got it all. EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. What's going on, Mr. Oh, Delgado? Right. Well, I normally don't do these kinds of stories because it has to do with Hollywood and actors. Uh, but this one, you know, you were asking in between the break there, so I figured let me move this one up. Jamie Foxx, I think we all know who he is, is in an Atlanta hospital recovering from a stroke. Uh, sources oh, with direct... It, it was definitely classified as a stroke? That's what it's saying oh, here. No. Uh, first, first reported as suffering from a medical emergency emergency on Tuesday morning, he was rushed to a hospital. He's recovering from surgery in an intensive care unit. According to TMZ, Jamie, whose real name is Eric Marlon Bishop, was in Atlanta working on a film titled Back in Action with co-stars Glenn Close and Cameron Diaz. Uh, His condition was serious enough that family members flew in from out of town to be by his bedside. Uh, One source told TMZ he's communicating now, and that's good news. Mm -hmm. His daughter, Corinne Fox, um, told TMZ his condition is already improving. She shared that we wanted to share that my father, Jamie, experienced a medical complication yesterday. Luckily, due to the quick action and great care, he is already on his way to recovery. We know uh, how beloved he is and appreciate your prayers. The family asked for privacy during this time. Interesting, because, you know, you kind of only heard it was a medical emergency at first and not much was kind of out there about this. But now all of a sudden they're they're saying it was indeed he suffered a stroke. He's only age 55 in great in great shape, great condition. Yeah. Um, Some are pointing to some of the, uh, you know, the Hollywood uh, rules on being on a set. Yeah. Where you have to be. You couldn't go to a show. Yeah. You You couldn't go to a show. He posted all kinds of you couldn't go to a show without being fully vaxxed. Again, not that that has – of course, everybody's going to jump there. We don't know that that has anything to do with it. Right. But 
it, it, it was it would absolutely it was a fact that you couldn't go see them. Yeah, actors are required to be vaccinated for COVID before work working on these Hollywood sets. But it's unclear they say if Jamie was in fact vaccinated. We'll find out. I'm sure about that. Find more news with Rick Delgado when we get back. More sports with Slick Rick, Aaron and Fran holding it down as always on a Friday night live from Studio Six B. Glad you're in. Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado is going to do some more news. Uh, we got a great uh, Amy Horowitz video. Amy on the loose. He does in conjunction with the Daily Wire. We'll get to that. We got a campus reform video. We'll get to that. Uh, Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. Glad you're a part of the show. Make sure you follow us on all our social media right here on Getter, of course, at LFS6B on Twitter, Rumble, Facebook, Twitter. Um, well, what, what did I miss? Uh, Truth at LFS6B. Make sure you follow us on all our social media. Uh, we're doing we're doing news right now with Rick Delgado, and let's do some more, Mr. Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, you remember uh, a young woman named Nancy Pelosi? Young? <laughs> well, depends on depends on what what yeah. decade you're talking about. Uh, well, it turns out she has jumped into the center to Feinstein resignation calls, oh, and course. has suggested that sexism, of course, could be behind the calls for Senator Dianne Feinstein to resign. Uh, Senator Feinstein, sexism. yes, it's sexist. Don't you know? It's either sexist or racist. How about being 112 years old? Now that's ageist. Uh, Senator Feinstein has been a champion for California, she said. Uh, for 20 years, I've been a, the leader or the Speaker of the House fighting for California, and I've been up close and firsthand to see her great leadership for our country, especially for our state of California. She deserves the respect to get well and get back on duty. I don't know what the political agendas are at work here as she waved her hand. Well, it's all their own party, Ro Khanna. <laughs> you know, yes, they all, know, they got to get Adam Schiff into this seat. That's that's really the goal. Yeah. Let's not forget it. That's really what the goal is. Yes. She, uh, she waved her hand. She said, I'm not sure what the political agendas are at work here. Uh, they're going after Dianne Feinstein this way. I've never seen them go after a man in the Senate this way. Oh. Her comments, like you say, refer to uh, Democrat Representative Ro Khanna of California and Dean Phillips of Minnesota, uh, who called on Feinstein, 89, to resign for missing votes since undergoing treatment for shingles in February. Well, so. they didn't have to. I mean, the, the latest example of someone who would be on par with this would be Patrick Leahy, who finally decided to give it up at about 101 or whatever the hell he is, decided to go back to Vermont and... Um, Pour syrup on his head or whatever the hell he's doing. I mean, but so, I mean, but, it, but he, he said, finally, it's time to get out. He didn't try to, you know, just be out for three months and then think about coming back. So they didn't have to go after him. By the way, Pelosi's going to be in this same boat here pretty soon. If not, she should be there already. Enough. Well, that's sexist. Get out. Just get out. I'll put them all on a bus and just <laughs> drive them all into San Francisco and leave yes, them there. Exactly. 
Uh, before the FBI, uh, FBI announced that it arrested the suspected leaker with dozens of highly sensitive U- Ukraine war documents, some of which created uh, to brief the highest levels of the Pentagon, few would have suspected a 21-year-old National Guardsman as a potential culprit. Um, this, of course, coming from the story that broke yesterday, the arrest as the FBI nabbed the Massachusetts Air National Guardsman Jack Teixeira at his mother's home on Thursday as he was implicated in the biggest national security breach in the last 10 years. He's reading a book on the uh, patio. Yes. Uh, the, jun- the junior airman is accused of uploading troves of secret and top-secret documents to Discord, a social messaging platform for gamers, from which they were spread across several websites. The airman first class, Teixeira, held the lowest petty officer rank the Air Force grants to enlisted troops. His job, a cyber transport systems journeyman, would have had him working not in intelligence analysis, but with IT infrastructure. I think that's something you mentioned yesterday as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it has many people asking, how could such a young, low-ranking troop have gotten access to so many critical secrets? Yeah. Several- and, if he, and if he could do it, by the way, how, how, how hard do you think it's for the Chinese and the Russians to have done it? Yeah, the Pentagon, it says here, regularly issues security clearance to troops as young as 18. Some service members require security clearances as soon as they join, uh, Pentagon spokesperson uh, Air Force Brigadier General Pat Ryder said. Uh, Depending on your position, you may be required a security clearance. If you're working in the intelligence community and you require a clearance, you're going to go through the proper vetting. Even in his low position, just two ranks above newly enlisted airmen, to share his job specifically may have required a clearance, it says here. Though officials have not said whether to share his clearance, his security clearance, his job as a cyber transport specialist, journeyman may have required him to work and uh, work with protective, sensitive communication channels. That's because uh, frontline techs and trainers keep up the infrastructure of the military's most advanced cyber networks, which are used to securely send and receive highly sensitive information. So it's very interesting. And, and and again, you know, I know you said you've heard it. I've heard it a lot from people that just like, it, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like it, it's not passing the smell test. No. No. No, that a 21-year-old who decides to enlist to go into there <clears throat> is going to just um, was able to carry this out with the clearance, with the need to know, with the NDA, had all those things, was able to get in there, take these pictures or take all this stuff by himself, take it out. And then just decided, after deciding to join, you know, again, and again, I, I, I'm probably the least educated person to talk on all of this, but I'll just tell you what I think, because that's, that's what we do here. If you're going to enlist to defend the country and possibly put your life on the line to defend the flag here and go into the service, at 21 years old, I mean, this kid's well aware of, of things like treason and things like this, and... There's no ideological, there's no letter, there's no nothing that says, I hate the government, I wanted to get to the government. There's no, there's no trail to say this guy was, uh, was trying to expose secrets of a lying government, which he did, by the way, but there's mm-hmm. no trail to say that was his motive. Um, he just wanted to impress his, his uh, buddies. Discord buddies <laughs> playing Minecraft to say, hey, look what I can do. No way. No way. <laughs> it's- hey, guys, check this out. That's, this is what we're supposed to believe? I could think of cooler things to impress people online, yeah. 
Like, you know, oh, you know what? I'm Hey, I'm going to have one of the pilots take me up, and we're going to do some uh, cool stuff in the jet, and I'll record it and send it to my friend. That would be more impressive than, hey, here's some secure documents. You're going to have trouble reading them because there's a lot of, you know, uh, stuff here that you probably wouldn't even understand. And, um, and you notice that none of the focus is on actually what we found out. Bingo. None of the focus, of course, is on that. And Glenn Greenwald was on with Tucker last night. And um, I didn't see Tucker, so I, 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 didn't, I didn't know where he was going to come down on this. If you throw up my screen, Aaron. Um, here's a little bit of that part. And I think Glenn Greenwald nails it here. Coming on. I, sh I should say, and I, I don't know, I'll just be quiet and let you speak, since you know this better than anyone. But we left out a lot of de details that are being reported in the Washington Post, the New York Times, et cetera, tonight about the leaker and where this all came from. Because honestly, I don't believe anything. And it's very hard to know what's true. We're all being spun. We're all being lied to. And we just didn't want to repeat the lies. So with that, what do you make of this? I can't think of a incident, Tucker, that reveals more vividly the real function of our nation's largest media corporations than what just happened here. If you're a real journalist, somebody who's devoted to transparency, bringing, shining a light on the most powerful government actors when they lie to the American people and informing the public, you would be celebrating this person who stepped forward and risked his security to show his fellow citizens that the government was lying about this incredibly important war with a nuclear armed power that we have actual troops deployed on the ground in Ukraine. There's going to be no diplomatic resolution throughout at least 2023 that Zelensky is planning on using our weapons to strike deep into Russia, which we were told would never happen, risking escalation. He did the job of what journalists claim to do, which is show the public the truth. If you work for the intelligence agencies, you would be furious at this person. You would hate him because he revealed that you just lied. He exposed the truth about what you were doing. What's amazing is the New York Times, the Washington Post, all the people who were at that Pentagon briefing today think the way the CIA and the Pentagon think. They hate this person. It was the New York Times and the Washington Post that did the FBI's work and found the leaker and led the FBI to him. They're demanding that he be punished. They're demanding that the government clamp down and keep things more and more secret. What kind of journalist would ever do that, would want to see a leaker exposed and punished and then demand that the government keep even more secrets? But that is what this, these, these media corporations are there to do. They love leaks when the CIA and Homeland Security tell them to leak. That's when they disseminate propaganda to the public, like they did during the Trump years when they leaked the transcript between Michael Flynn and Ambassador Kislyak, the most serious kind of leaking crime. The Washington Post did that. Nobody looked for that leaker. Nobody cared. Everybody cheered because it served the interests of the security state. But when it comes to transparency that undermines the agenda of these agencies and that proves to the American people what the truth is, it's amazing that these journalists are on the side of the government and will actually hunt down the leaker and demand that he be punished even more. I just don't understand how any journalist could collaborate in hiding the fact that we're in a direct hot war with Russia. Maybe you support that, maybe you don't. But how could you hide something that significant, the most significant fact of our generation from the public? How could you do that? 
It, the only answer is that you don't actually have a journalistic mindset, that you far more identify with your with your job as working for the government Bingo. than working mm -hmm. for the American people. If you look at the history of the most important journalism stories, it's exactly insiders like Danny Ellsberg sees that the government is lying to the American people about the war in Vietnam, saying we're winning when in reality, privately, they're saying we're losing. And he goes and he shows the, the, the American people the truth. Or Edward Snowden, who heard James Clapper falsely deny the NSA was spying on American people. He had the evidence in his hand and he risked his security to show the truth. Same things WikiLeaks did. This is what you celebrate in journalism. Our journalists, meaning the media corporations, hate this because they actually work for their government. That is their true allegiance. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't see how you can, I mean, I think that just about nails it. Yeah. Yep. I, I was oh, listening yeah. to, uh, I, th I was listening to a news briefing earlier today and you know, somebody made a supercut of the questions, and every question had to do with they, they were all asking the wrong questions. Nothing about the substance of what was in the leak. Nothing about Ukraine. Nothing about our allies. Nothing about how they're going to, you know, sneak weapons in. None of this stuff. Nothing about Israel. Nothing talked about. They all wanted to know about what kind of security are you going to employ? How better can you shut down, you know, these, uh, these chat places where people talk so you can monitor them better? It was all a, more of a push. You know, we we're talking about the Restrict Act um, of pushing the government to clamp down even more, like like Greenwald said, to, to to you know keep more things secret, clamp down, make sure that the the actual truth doesn't get out, because that's that's all it seems that the the media, the deep state media is is, is that's what their job is. Let's make sure that that you know we're rubbing our shoulders here with our buddies because they need us, we need them, and we work in collaboration to keep a a, a lid on everything that's happening, so the American people don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, and like I said yesterday, I was, you know, I, I was kind of shocked where I was kind of falling on this as I thought about it. But uh, just the idea that this is the way we're being told it happened, and this guy was just all of a sudden decided, hey, guys, check this out. Yeah. And again, you know what? And I'll throw that that conspiracy cap that I love to to to, to wear. Uh, again, and I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it last week when Kevin was on with us. No embedded journalists from this war. We don't see any footage on the ground. Why is that? I'm just asking the question. We used to see it in Iraq. We yeah. saw it in Afghanistan. We saw it all the time. By the way, I thought they were going to move this into a military trial so we wouldn't get the affidavit, but uh, actually the affidavit was dropped today. I actually have it here, so we'll talk about that a little bit too. Alright, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. More to do. We're back right after this. Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's going to do some more sports. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. We'll get to a little bit of the probable cause in this affidavit. And uh, we'll get to um, American Thinker has a piece today reminding us all about the tale of two whistleblowers and how this is 
how this has gone down here in a very, very short window, and how um, well, another whistleblower we know of, how he was treated and how that came to light. Just quite a bit different. We'll talk about that here, but let's do some sports. And here with that is Slick Rick. Rick Amorati. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals for the LFS6B audience. And, of course, you can use that code LFS6B at checkout for 10 to 60% off most items and buy one, get one free on the MyPillow 2.0. And if you buy something from Mike Lindell, the MyPillow 2.0s, the Mattress Topper 2.0s, uh, send us your receipt to LFS6B at Yahoo.com right there on your screen. And um, pick something out from our merch if you want this LFS6B mode on. Nice. The good, cool shirt. Yep. Uh, we'll send it to you for nothing, just for uh, supporting Mike Lindell and my pillow. So, Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, well, before we get to preview the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, great story I saw earlier today, really touching, especially in light of what has gone on the last few weeks. Jacob Truba presents longtime fan and Sandy Hook survivor with scholarship. This is from Scott Fontana of the New York Post. One hockey-loving teenager is well on his way to a future law degree, thanks in part to one of his favorite players. After the Rangers completed their regular season with a 3-2 loss to the Maple Leafs, on Thursday night at the Garden, Captain Jack Truba gave the jersey off his back and signed it to a beaming 18-year-old Isaiah Marquez Green. The Rangers veteran defenseman presented Marquez Green, a self-identified fan of the Blue Liner, dating back to his days with the Winnipeg Jets with the Garden of Dreams-inspired scholarship, which will go toward paying for law school once he completes his undergraduate degree. I want, I want an invitation for when you graduate law school, Truba tells Marquez Green after offering to exchange phone numbers, and I'm going to check in on you. Uh, when you uh, go to college next year. Marquez Green's youngest sister, Anna, was one of the victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Connecticut. We all remember that very well, unfortunately. Their mother, Nelba, is a therapist working with grieving families and also operates the Anna Grace Project in her daughter's honor. Uh, Isaiah Marquez Green, a survivor of the tragic event in Newton, Connecticut, is the starting goalie for Taft High School in Watertown, Connecticut, and is an academic standout who has been accepted at the University of of Connecticut, UConn, Big D. I know your story. I feel for you, Truba told Marquez Green, who informed the former Jet he lived in Winnipeg between the ages of five and eight, and you're an amazing human. At UConn, Marquez Green will participate in the special program in law, which automatically enrolls him in the school's law program that accepts 10% of the applicants. What a great shot. There he is, Big D, with that special, that purple jersey. I love those jerseys that the Rangers and the Islanders used. And Jack Truba, man, a class act, too. I love that. So just wanted to get that story in. Thought yeah. it was very heartwarming. You know, we love to talk about scores and playoffs and games and all the other nonsense. That, above all, to me, Full really scholarship resonates. scholarship to law school, man. Woo. Sweet. Pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah well. Good for him. Casey needs a new agent soon. Well, <laughs> yeah. He needs a new agent Right, soon. he's a goalie, too, so we don't know. He might <laughs> be go. We're going to see him playing. We never know. I don't think UConn's got much of ice hockey team, though. I'm not sure. they're, not, they're not usually in the Frozen Four. No, we're too busy winning national championships yeah. in basketball, thanks. <laughs> this is true. And, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Nobody thought of that yeah. in Quinnipiac. You, you leave, well, you leave that to your neighbors in Quinnipiac. Yeah. <laughs> um, and NHL releases first, uh, first round Stanley Cup playoff schedule, boys. Originally posted on Daily Faceoff by Col Colton Davis early today. Uh, the chase for Lord Stanley will be 
begin Monday after a dramatic ending to an exhilarating 82-game season that saw heartbreaks and last-ditch efforts to make the playoffs. 16 teams will battle to capture the Stanley Cup. We saw the Boston Bruins become the fastest team to reach 50 wins. They continued to etch their names into the history books by setting the NHL's regular season point record with 133 points, surpassing the Montreal Canadiens' dynasty that set the previous record in 1976-77. And I remember that team, and that was an incredible team. To see them beat that, Boston's going to be a really tough team to overcome for anybody this year. Um, There were also a whopping number of player accomplishments this season, too. Connor McDavid became the first player to register 150 points in the season since the great Mario Lemieux. Uh, So a lot of other good stories. Pittsburgh Penguins saw their playoff dreams crushed last week after 16 straight years. Boy, they cleaned house. Stackhouse, Ron Stackhouse, their GM. They fired three guys today, VP of Operations and also their GM, uh, assistant GM, and the president of the the team. Uh, With the bracket early set, here are a couple of quick games. On Monday night, the Boston Bruins will take on the Florida Panthers. I'm calling them the Boston Stranglers this year because I don't think anybody's going to beat them. But their first game is Monday night. And then you have the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Tampa Lightning. That's going to open up Tuesday night in Tampa. Carolina Hurricanes and Islanders beyond Monday night in Carolina. A lot of, lot of Islander fans down in Carolina, so they should have a decent crowd there for the Islanders. Der, uh, Devils going to the Garden Tuesday night. The Jersey Devils. And then Western Conference. you got the Dallas Stars visiting the Minnesota Wild, the uh, Colorado Avalanche, and uh, either the Minnesota Wild or Seattle Kraken. That game's still being played tonight to see who what the seed is. Vegas Golden Knights versus Winnipeg Jets and wrapping it up, Big D. Edmonton Oilers and L.A. Kings Monday night and then the uh, Vegas game is Tuesday night. So you got uh, 16 teams in the playoffs and uh, should be a lot of fun. Obviously, we'll keep track of the scores when they start. I'll have a full recap on Monday of the uh, Saturday and Sunday games. And that's a wrap in sports for this wrap. Big D, back to you. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Uh, who are the Devils playing, you said? Devils are playing the New York Rangers. Oh, the Devils are playing the Rangers. Oh, yeah. man. Frank, Frank the Tank from Barstool is going to be, uh, oh, my God, he's going to be living <laughs> on the edge over his Devils. He I don't know. Be, he is going to be up in arms over his Devils. So That's going to be a good series. I think the uh, Rangers take that in, in five or six. Oh, Frank the Tank's not going to want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, he's going to have to deal with Slick Rick. If the devil made me do it. How about you're that? Gonna get some, you're going to get some rants from oh, Frank uh-oh. the Tank. So. That's okay. All right, let's, uh, let's do some news here before we wrap our one. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, the two-tiered justice system is on full display as ex-Biden Energy Department official, uh, you know, Know him as Sam Britton uh, gets no jail time in his luggage theft plea. Yes, the former top Biden Energy Department official caught stealing luggage mm-hmm. from a Las Vegas airport has pleaded no contest in the case, resulting in the ex-official to having to pay over $3,500 in restitution, but not having to serve any jail time. Uh, the Sam Britton, who was up until his resignation last year among the highest ranking uh, officials in the federal government, was sentenced Wednesday in a Nevada court under the agreement. Britain has to pay uh, $3,670 in restitution to the victim and accept a suspended jail sentence of 180 days, meaning Britain won't go to jail if the rules of probation are followed. Right. On July 6th, a woman traveling from Dulles to into in suburban D.C. to Reed Airport in Vegas claimed to her luggage went missing from her United Airlines flight. Four days later, later she filed a police report and described the luggage 
Um, and according to the the arrest warrant issued for Britain, the L Las Vegas officer then reviewed the airport security footage and observed several nonverbal cues, body language anomalies from Britain as he pulled the victim's luggage from the carousel and examined the tag. Of course, he went on to steal the bag, um, taking it and looking around in all directions to see who might be watching, then took it off the luggage carousel, scanned the room again, and quickly began leaving with the luggage in hand. <laughs> This is so, a Las Vegas judge who this? is the this? Las Vegas, wow. yeah. I think there are still a couple other charges he's dealing with, one in Dallas. You would um, think, well, I was going to, you think anybody with no, no criminal history, no record, which I think, he, I don't think he had any criminal history, uh, wouldn't get jail time for something like that. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. There was somebody from the Trump administration? Oh, forget it. Oh, my it. goodness. Oh, man, 10 they, years. They ship him <laughs> off to Guantanamo. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Lima bean sandwiches. Yeah. So so he's got other other uh charges pending uh due to some other luggage that he's he's stolen. Um related to the theft, uh another woman identified Britain wearing one of her I, I reported the story where she was a designer from Africa. Uh she spotted him wearing one of her dresses on his own social media page. So there's still follow-up to those stories, and when those uh, stories come to come to some resolution, we will inform you about them. All right, Hour 2 coming up. We'll do some more news. We'll get into some other things. Amy Horowitz, Campus Reform, got a couple great videos. And I'll remind you about how much we've been getting lied to about uh, what's going on in Ukraine. Two live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Aaron Fran holding it down as always. Lots to get to here in hour two. Of course, we hope you have a great weekend this weekend. Get some time to relax. Get some time to go lick the world. Whatever you're going to do, make sure you do. Uh, have a great weekend. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yesterday. Maybe we should play that once we haven't played it. Do we have the LOL of the day from yesterday, Aaron? If you can find that, just <laughs> oh yeah. When we have it, let me know. Um, we talked yesterday about the um, how convenient it was that while all of this was going on with this 21-year-old whistleblower, that this restrict act is floating around and is kind of uh, gaining steam, not gaining steam, gaining steam. I think people are somewhat on to the fact that this is really not about banning TikTok, this bill. And we we said yesterday's show how convenient it was that this is all happening as this bill is floating around. And what better reason to breathe new life into it than this, uh, than this right? Yeah. Well, let me tell you about what I found today on NBC News. Oh, look at this headline. U.S. intel agencies may change... 
how they monitor social media chat rooms after missing leaked U.S. documents for weeks. President Biden and other officials were dismayed. Well, Biden was asked directly about it, standing over there somewhere, and he turned around and said, nah, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm worried that it happened, but I'm not worried because there's nothing contemporaneous, or he said some stu- whatever he said. He didn't sound too dismayed when he was asked about it at all. Biden and other officials were dismayed when they learned the documents had been online for at least a month. Nobody is happy about this, said one official. So before I get into this, friend, you made a good point before. I think we were, I don't know if it was on the show. We were in the commercial break discussing all of this with this kid. Um, your, um, your immediate thoughts were what now? That all this information wasn't actually that secure. And that with the clearance that he did have being the academy, he was able to find it. And now they're using him as a patsy and sending the press after him to avoid having to explain why their information wasn't secure as it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good point. And that could very well be the case. That uh, that's exactly what's happening to this kid. And no one's heads are going to roll on this. Because everyone's head should roll on this. Putting aside the information, what we now found out, how much we're being lied to, not that that should be a surprise to anybody either. But even if you just take all of that out of it and just think, how does a 21-year-old get his hands on this? And if he can do it, who? the better question is, who couldn't do it? And who's already done it? And has already had it? Maybe they had it even before he had it. And what's the chain of command here? Who gave them the access? Whose heads are going to roll here? Anybody? That's one of the questions that needs to be answered. Whose feet are going to be held to the proverbial fire is what we want to know. Putting all the other stuff aside, just that, just alone, who's keeping the nation's secret secret? Because isn't that the president's number one job? Keep the nation, keep the nation safe. Keep the nation's secrets safe. Well, you would think so. Because I see these guys get in these briefing rooms, and I have to tell you, I mean, and you know what we think of of, of law enforcement and, and I mean, you know what we think. I don't know. They're they're just not that impressive. Some of them. Some of them. Not that they're not impressive in what they've accomplished or how many stars they have on their shoulders. And I don't even like talking about this any, in any way negative about any, anybody who serves the country. But I don't know. It just seems like I, I, Kirby, just you hear these guys and some of these generals who come in and de- take questions and uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk bad about them, but some of them are just don't seem like they're either just running the company line or they're not that informed or they just want to stonewall. And it's just like, rather you not even come out. If you're going to do this. So anyways, back to this article. The Biden, so uh, here we go. Here we go. The Biden administration is looking at expanding. That's always a good word when it comes to mm-hmm. government. Expanding. Expanding police powers. Expanding surveillance state. Expand, expanding how it monitors social media sites and chat rooms after U.S. intelligence agencies failed to spot classified Pentagon documents. So that's our fault. I guess, that they failed, so we have to lose less, more of our liberty. 
uh, spot classified Pent- Pentagon documents circulating online for weeks, well, more like months, according to a senior administration official and a congressional official briefed on the matter. The possible change in the intelligence gathering process is just one potential shift as officials scramble to determine not only how the documents leaked, but also how to prevent another damaging incident. Well, haven't they been trying to figure this out since the Snowden deal? Doesn't seem like things have gotten all that much better. No. President Biden and Defense Secretary, that guy who runs that outfit over there, were briefed (laughs) about the disclosure last week, administration officials said. But the secret documents appeared online in early March on the Discord social media app, according to Bellingcat, the open source investigative group. Some documents may have appeared as early as January, the group said. The president and other officials were dismayed when they learned the documents had been online for, for months. Nobody's happy about this. The administration is now looking at expanding the universe of online sites that intelligence agencies and law enforcement authorities track. Oh, well, what do you know? How convenient. There's a good reason to expand the police powers. Hey, look at this. We can't be having this anymore. Let's do some more spying. Let's get into those Catholic churches. Let's get into those chat rooms. Let's get into those phones. Let's get into that social media. When realistically, who the hell's in charge of anything over there? Why don't you start looking there? Why don't you go up your chain of commands and leave us alone? The U.S. government may not have been looking there, but cybersecurity experts have long known that Discord has been used by criminals and hackers to spread malware. Uh, I mean, you know, welcome to the web, folks. Welcome to, I mean, thousands of places that you could put that same sentence on. Really? Hackers spread malware and uh, stealthy transfer stolen information. The Discord domain helps attackers disguise the uh, exfiltration of data by making it look like any other traffic coming across the network. A 2021 Cisco report said the intelligence community is now grappling with how it can scrub platforms like Discord in search of relevant material to avoid a similar leak in the future, said the congressional official. The disclosure has also raised fresh questions about how sensitive intelligence information is handled inside the government and whether the pool of people allowed to access it needs to be scaled back. So there you go. Well, I mean, you, you, you're basically, you know, we're at their mercy because they're going to determine, well... You know, now now we have to expand our surveillance. And again, this is this is for your safety, everybody. This is we we don't want to do this. Yeah, that old line. I'm sorry. The the whole the the whole benevolence that that the government tries to push push out there that the, we're doing this for the common good. We're doing this for you guys is just it's just garbage at this point. And everybody knows it because they constantly get caught doing the things that we tell them they're not supposed to do. They don't care. Like you said, nobody's going to hold anybody's feet to the fire over this. Nobody's held anybody's feet to the fire over the fact that they were they were looking at parents who were voicing concerns about what their kids learn in school. The FBI was investigating them. We've had no one pay any penalty or, or, or serve any type of uh, uh, penalty for, for oh, let's investigate uh, churches. Let's, you know, the story we just talked about the other day. 
Uh, what else have they been looking at? They've been looking at everything they're not supposed to be looking at to make you, the American citizen, the uh, the criminal. They want to criminalize your existence. That's the way this all comes off, as if we criminalize everybody, then we can control them. Because other than that, if we give them too much freedom, they might do stuff that we don't approve of. And, and I'm sorry, but that's, that's exactly how this reads. It started, you know, and, and Paul used to talk about it all the time, the Patriot Act, that we all thought was a great idea because it had a great name on it. You know, they sold it as it's a Patriot Act. It's for America. We're going we're gonna to take care of the bad guys. Yeah, and as soon as a couple of years went by, they were like, hey, what else can we use this for? Yeah, yeah, let's use it on our, let's use it on our own citizens. And now we're seeing the government, you know, weaponized against American citizens and against potential presidential candidates. You name it, up and down, up and down. We are, we have gone ass backwards, and the world is laughing at us because we're exactly what we tell everybody we're not, and that's the worst part of it. Like I want to be proud of my country. And I'm, I'm sure most people are proud of their country, but I'm not proud of the way the people that represent our country are representing us anywhere. Because what the picture that they're painting of us is, is what we tell everybody Russia is. And Russia's got to be like, you guys are worse than us, you know? Well, it's crazy. That's, that's a good lead-in to remind you of what we were telling the world, speaking of that, throughout my screen, what we were telling the world just Back um, not too long ago. As the Ukrainian people heroically defend their immediate future, we must all... Now, as we listen to this, just remind yourself of what we just found out. What was in these leaked documents. What our government, what she specifically, what the president, what all of our commanders actually think of what's going on in Ukraine. And how Ukraine's doing. And what the chances Ukraine actually has of mounting some offensive here. Also help them begin planning for their long-term recovery. Together, we are working on how to support Ukraine's military of the future so that Russia can't simply storm back after this next counteroffensive and take land again in a few months or in a few years. We will also help rebuild Ukraine's energy infrastructure so it comes back greener and more resilient. We will help strengthen Ukraine's government institutions to ensure they deliver dignity and opportunity for all Ukraine citizens and that they are better hardened against corruption. And we will help rebuild Ukraine's cities and towns and villages so displaced Ukrainians can return home without fear reunite with their loved ones, and get back to their businesses, to their farms, and to the work of building a peaceful, democratic future. We also need to help deepen Ukraine's integration with Europe and make its products a larger part of a healthy and democratic global supply chains. And we also have to ensure that Ukraine lives up to its potential as a global technology center. Our work together here is not simply about rebuilding what Putin has so criminally destroyed. It's about the complete modernization and revitalization of Ukraine. Our shared goal must not be a Ukraine that simply survives. It must be a Ukraine that thrives. There's not a word of that, as we know now, 
that she actually believes. Not one word. All right, live from Studio 6B, more to do on a Friday night. Purifiers are all the same. Why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Well, it's because EnviroCleanse, advanced mineral technology, goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness, causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flu from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and a better night's sleep. Visit ekpure.com and use code NEWS for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air uh, purification unit. You'll also receive a free air quality monitor plus fast shipping, free shipping. That's $150 savings. That's ekpure.com, code NEWS, ekpure.com, right there on your screen, ekpure.com. Use code NEWS for 10% off. All right, live from Studio 6B, time to do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and Pillow. Use our code LFS6B for 10 to 60% off most items. Buy one, get one free on the MyPillow 2.0, Mattress Topper 2.0. A lot of great stuff available for Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays. And if you purchase something from Mike Lindell, you support him. And, uh, of course, he's always needing support because he's always under attack. That's for sure. Uh, Send us your receipt showing the use of our promo code LFS6B and then pick something out from 6bmerch.com, 6bmerch.com. You can pick this shirt right here. We'll send it to you for free. So, uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, shout out to my friends over at the NHRA, National Hot Rod Association, in action in Viva Las Vegas, Big D, at the Strip. Ooh, at I should have been Speedway. on site to report. Whoa, big stuff. So, I'll have a full recap on Monday. I was trying to get some results, but this site's a little wonky. But I'll have a full wrap on Monday on the Drags' top fuel, top alcohol, you name it, funny car. Hello, we'll friends. Your site's wonky. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I couldn't get the results right just yet. But uh, we'll have them definitely on Monday, full rundown of all the finals and uh, let's get to the rodeo we haven't done any rodeo this week been a little bit quiet so let's get to the san angelo rodeo which is wrapping up tonight as a matter of fact foster communications coliseum this rodeo has been going on the entire month started on march 31st here we go bareback riding luke fresh i like that name 88 and a half points on j bar j's think Pink, $7,500. Nice win there. Steer Wrestling, we have Cash Rob, 3.2 seconds, 65.30 cash money. Team Roping, we got Eric Rogers and Paul Eves, 3.5 seconds. It picked up 5,500. Saddle Brock, Dawson Hay, 98.5 points on Peacock Pro Rodeos. South Point Gambler, $7,100. We're going to do a little gambling in the last segment of sports tonight with the NBA. Tied down Roping, we got a, a second round ad, Justin Smith, 6.9 seconds. 
seconds, picked up seven cool grand. Barrel Racing, Cassie Mowry, 14.4 tenths. Great score there. 6,500 and bull riding. We got a tie. Trey Benton the third on Stockyard Pro Rodeos. Just another gangster. And Declan Garland on Pete Car Pro Rodeos. Smoking again. $4,100 a piece. Total payout, 685791 buckaroos. I'll have a final recap on that rodeo, as well as a couple others going on around the country. Rodeo's a little bit light, but it's going to start picking up Big D. Season's getting rolling. And let's stick with the, uh, let's stick with some of the ponies there. We got the Kentucky Derby in three weeks, Big D. Look out. Coming up three weeks from this weekend, we start that Triple Crown season. We can't wait. Then followed by the Preakness. And of course, all wraps up here on the island in Belmont. Uh, so we have a confidence game. Works toward Kentucky Derby. A number of Kentucky uh, Oaks hopefuls also breezed April 14th at Churchill, Churchill Downs earlier today. Um, this is uh, an edited press release from Churchill, Churchill Downs. Just more than weeks remain until the $3 million Kentucky Derby and trainer Keith Desimore has ramped up his work pattern for Don't Tell My Wife Stables. I like that one. And Ocean Reef Racing Rebel Stakes. Win a confidence game who had a unique one-mile breeze in 1.38. That's a great score. Uh, confidence game with jockey James Graham aboard began his training session by breaking inside of his unraced three-year-old stablemate. And uh, we'll be looking for confidence game in the Kentucky Derby. And after floods, Gulfstream Park expects to resume Saturday. Horsemen at Gulfstream Park are still recovering after heavy rains flooded South Florida on Wednesday night. I mean, it was bad. My wife even asked me if I had saw the floods in Florida down by Fort Lauderdale area there. The track canceled racing both Thursday and Friday in order to recover from the effects of over 20 inches of rain in the area. And uh, Gulfstream Racing has confirmed the track is still wet, but they're going to get back racing. So wanted to get a little bit of horse racing in there. XFL over the weekend. Big D. A couple of big games. We got the uh, number two spot in the North Division and a potential playoff spot on the line. The Seattle Sea Dragons and the St. Louis Battlehawks will battle uh, for week nine. And uh, we'll see what happens there. I got to start covering the XFL as they get into the playoffs. Things will get interesting. I know The Rock is trying to hustle the XFL. I don't know what their attendance is. I got to look at their numbers, Big D, but I haven't even caught a game this year. Truth be known, I've just been so busy on on the weekend. Uh, and that's a wrap in sports. Back to you, Big D. Oddsmakers right. coming up. <laughs> All right, Slick Rick. Oddsmakers coming up in the last segment. Um, before we do the news, I'm, I'm kind of um, – I see that Anheuser-Busch put out a statement today. Yes. Yep. From the CEO. I think the CEO. Yes. Yes, Brendan Whitworth. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that has anything to do with the fact that um, I see this headline, which I guess kind of surprises me. Donald Trump Jr., urges conservatives to end boycott of Bud Light. The MAGA podcaster noted that Anheuser-Busch donates far more to Republicans than Democrats. That, is that the bar? No so it wasn't worth destroying an American <laughs> icon bar. for having a trans spokesperson. Donald Trump Jr. called on conservatives to pump the brakes on their boycott of Bud Light, noting that the right wing meltdown over the beer company partnering with a transgender influencer wasn't worth destroying an American icon. Well, it's not American anymore. It's owned by uh, InBev, which is, I believe, a Belgian company, right? They sold years ago. He should know that. Well, I think more concerning than maybe that would be the, the be because the company donates more money to right conservatives than than progressives or right than left it's okay to um put dylan mulvaney on a on a pedestal 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say don't agree with that one. Nope. Don't agree with me? No, not I don't agree with uh, Junior. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that, that's the bar? Sorry. That, that's an attack on our culture. That's culture. It has nothing to do with money. It has to do with culture. You know, they attack everything we do from, from how we talk, how we dress. Oh, you've got too much testosterone in you. That's got to be attacked. Oh, you don't like the way somebody dresses. Oh, you're a sexist. You're a racist. You're thisist. You're thatist. You know, too bad. Maybe they should have thought about it before they ran this, uh, this marketing campaign up the chain Oof. of command there all the way up to the CEO, and they all signed off on it. Because you know they all signed off on it. They, they didn't slip this by anybody. Yeah, I'm sure the CMO is looking for a new job for sure. Well, maybe not. I mean, if I guess if the, well, I don't know. I I, I better make sure. I mean, I can't even, I almost can't believe that this story is true. Because they donate more money, we should just move move on. Nothing to see here. Sounds wow. like a Democrat talking, right? Mm. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter what Sounds they like do. Sounds like a big New York City lib. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know he's, I'm, I know he's not. Some might say some other family members there are, but but I I don't think he is. I would figure he most resembles you would think his father. You would think. Well, you know. But what? that's um. You know, it's kind of like the interview. The one thing, the the one thing in the interview with Tucker. That kind of was like what? Was he says, "Well, I, I can't I can't hit Newsom because he says nice things about me." Like what? Hello? Have you looked at Cal? <laughs> what? So it's okay because he says nice things about you. I don't know. Those are two concerning uh, episodes. That and now this today. All right, live from Studio Six Band on Friday. More news with Rick Delgado. When we get back right after this. Six B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's doing sports. We'll do the odds makers coming up here in a little bit. Rick Delgado is going to do some more news here in a second. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. So I've done some very deep dive investigative work on that story that I just told you because I actually couldn't believe that it's um, that that was true. It didn't go that deep. And I, uh, <laughs> after careful consideration, I've come to the conclusion that it absolutely is true. That's the shocking part. Here's, here's how I know it's true. I'm not, though, for destroying an American and iconic company for something like this. Trust me, the memes have been so good. I'm sitting there chomping. I'd be like, I want it. But like, when I actually look into it, I'm not going to blame the whole company for the inaction or the stupidity of someone in a marketing campaign that got woke as hell. The company itself doesn't participate in the same leftist nonsense as the other big conglomerates. Frankly, they don't participate in the same woke garbage that other people in the beer industry actually do, who are significantly worse offenders when I looked into it. I'm not, though, for destroying an American and I... Hmm. 
Okay. He's not for it. So, and there's always, um, I guess the bar is set at just the, I guess it's the level of transgender stuff you want to push on the kids. It's, 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 if you don't do as much as the other ones, then it's, I guess it's okay. Right. Because that sounds, I mean, and I'm trying not to, I don't think I'm mischaracterizing what I just heard. That, that sounds to me like, listen, it's, it, it's, I guess he, maybe if you buy into the idea that the top level, like with a story that you reported on yesterday, that, that they didn't know, is Which that is, what we're supposed yeah, to believe? That's what we're supposed to believe. That, oh, we didn't know. <laughs> Come on, you know. Okay, so Somebody top, signs off on this. Come on. You the top guys didn't know. Come if you on. believe that, and then you believe no. that it's okay to just do a little of it, not a lot of it. Yeah. I guess then right. you could get to this. You could get to this take. I lied just a little. Just a little. Yeah. Just a little. Your, pre- your honor. Just, just a, little a little bit pregnant. Yeah. So, um, right. Almost pregnant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The the idea. Okay. Okay. So let's let's just for a moment let's suspend reality and say, okay, maybe some of those top people didn't know when it was being put together. But you know, if some they've got people all over the organization whose job is to make sure that the company doesn't do anything stupid because they have to protect not only their brand, but they have to protect their shareholders. And the CEOs know their butts on the line. If the shareholders get angry, the board members hear about it and the CEO is out. So the fact that nobody went to the upper management and said, look, they're about to run this this thing here. I don't know if this is a good look for the company. <laughs> You're saying nobody said, hey, can we take a pause for five minutes while I, I run over to so-and-so's office to see if uh, we might not all get fired for this? Right. This is – it's not believable. It's if, not normal. It's not the Clydesdales, right. for goodness sakes, you know, yeah. putting a 2-2 on the Clydesdales. <laughs> I mean, and the fact that this whole, have you heard about the corporate equity index, Dame? Yes. Okay. A lot of these companies are now being forced to do things Mm -hmm. for this corporate equity index score. It's a score which is overseen by this human rights campaign. Uh, Guess what? They're the largest LGBTQ political lobbying group in the world. And guess who funds them? George Soros. You're right. Correct. Good guess, everybody. Um, he's, he's, they've received millions from George Soros' Open uh, Society Foundation. And what they do is provide a ratings criteria. Now, what they do is they say, if you don't get a certain score, we're going to put pressure on you. So yeah. they're all pressured. Now we have to do certain things. Anheuser-Busch, Nike, Kate Spade, you name it. They've, they've all turned to this Dylan Mulvaney guy. Um, because they're like, well, we, we, we got to do something. We got to keep our score up or else they're going to make life difficult. It's basically another way of the government acting like the mob saying, if you don't, Hey, that's a really nice story. You got there. It'd be a shame if it burned down one day when you, you know, you're not there and uh, you can't stop the fire. Oh, is that what you're saying? That's basically what they're saying. I mean, how can the bar be? Well, they don't do it as much as the other guys. Yeah. That's, that's the bar. <laughs> That's the bar, I mean, right? if we what? took that same, well, listen, if, uh, if, if, if guys who think their girls want to play in volleyball, it's okay. Cause not, nah, we, no one really watches. Don't let it get to basketball. I mean, like what, what would, <laughs> what would be the line taking that mentality into all these other things? Like what? Oh, they don't do it as much as the other guys. So right. don't worry about them. Yeah. That's only a little bit. Of, he only killed one person. This guy killed five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. 
I, no, he's I, not that, as dangerous. That just seems that seems <laughs> right? strange. That seems yeah, strange that to does. me. But yeah, I don't, I don't think know. that was well thought out. <laughs> I don't think that was well thought out at all. The whole Crazy. process. Crazy. Yeah, seems a little crazy to me. But uh, all right, let's do some news here before we uh, do the odds makers and wrap it up for a good week. Great week. It's been a great week. Uh, let's do some news with Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. You want to talk about some potential death? Of course you do. Here we go. Warren Buffett, believe it or not, has, uh, <laughs> well, uh, he's called pol- geopolitical tensions a consideration in Berkshire Hathaway's decision to sell yeah. most of its stake. Taiwan Semiconductors. <laughs> in Taiwan's chip maker, uh, TSMC, just a few months after buying it. Yep. Uh, Berkshire had bought more than $4.1 billion dollars in Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing company shares between July and September of 2022 but in February he sold 86% of his stake that, Besi- just, that just tells you where we are in the world uh just tells you when the people people who know or people who have some idea look at look at this administration and look at what China's doing Especially if you're in the business world and a guy like the uh, Oracle of Omaha is yeah. talking to all of these CEOs who do business in China. Um, they'll see what's coming. They know the move on Taiwan's coming. So, I mean, why not? Yeah. The size of the investment suggested that Buffett, rather than one of his Berkshire manager uh, portfolio managers, had bought the shares for Berkshire, and the sale was unexpected given the billionaire's preference to invest for the long term. In the interview with Nikai, uh, Buffett described TSMC as a well-managed company, but said Berkshire had better places to deploy its capital. I you saw, know, yeah, a I place saw, that won't be taken over by China. Yeah, I saw him on with Becky Quick the other morning on CNBC. He was on all morning, and he talked about he loves Taiwan Semiconductor, thinks it's a great company. But and she basically said to him, "So you you're you're getting out basically because you think something's going to happen." He said, "Yeah, yeah. not going to leave five billion dollars in in uh, a company that's about to get." Uh, be in a, in, in a war for its survival. Not only that, but would probably end up being absorbed by the Chinese Communist Party. And, you know, if you've got a company over there, you're in bed with the Chinese, com- Chinese Communist right. Party. You have no choice. How would, how would it have gone if you have hung on to a Hong Kong uh, semiconductors, you know, if there was one? Yeah. Would not have gone well. So they see the same thing happening in Taiwan. And why not? But what's what's you got a lot of you got a lot of confidence in the U.S. rallying to the uh, to the cause here, as we're borrowing ammunition from the uh, around the world because <laughs> we've sent all ours all ours to Ukraine. That's according to President Trump, by the way. Mike Pence was asked about it. He disagrees. Of course, Mike Pence was booed as he got on stage at the NRA. <laughs> so. I think Mike Pence better think twice about before he wants to enter this race after yeah. what he just went through. Well, our, our favorite uh, our favorite new phrase uh, seems to be getting a lot of traction. I just got this <laughs> come across the news. Uh, President Biden received a standing ovation for telling Irish leaders he wanted to lick the world. <laughs> LOL of the day, Aaron, if you have it. During a banquet at Dublin Castle. Roll it. <laughs> And so, one of the things that she'd look at me and say, Joe, remember, remember who you are, like, you're a Biden, like, you know, what the hell is a Biden, you know what I mean? I'm like, like, I'm a, a, you know, anyway, thank you all, God bless you all, let's go, 
Let's go late and let the world let's get it done. <laughs> the greatest the greatest call to action ever. Ever. The remark was followed by, believe it or not, an applause and standing ovation from the crowd according yeah, It kinda looks like this. <laughs> Whoa! According to the Cambridge Online Dictionary, of course, this is where news goes to try and uh, and help the president out. Uh, an alternative definition of licking includes to defeat easily the competition. However, Biden's comment was interpreted differently by online users. Oh, yeah. Twitter users were perplexed. Give him a licking and keep on kicking. Is that what we're supposed to believe? Let's go give him a licking. Uh, let's see. Uh, people posting... Uh, the gift that just keeps on giving. How is this real? One commenter said uh, the dinner took place just hours before a video of Biden getting barked at by the president of Ireland's dog. Uh, Manish also made the rounds on social media. The <laughs> president's latest gaffe came days after he accidentally mixed up all blacks and New Zealand rugby team with the black and tans, a British police force group known for its brutal occupation of Ireland and its uh, mastery of death. Uh, <laughs> nice. So there you have it. Amazing. Yeah. Licking the world with Joe Biden. Can't go wrong. Gonna, uh, my, my, this <laughs> this will that. be my last story. There it is. I love it. He's just licking the world. Yeah. He'll be doing that all weekend. By the way, uh, as, as, as just a different take than the Donald Trump Jr. take, Robbie Starbuck out of Tennessee says, uh, yeah, that's not an apology, Bud Light. You had one chance to make this right by firing the woke lady responsible for setting this failed PR deal up and apologizing for it. You didn't do either. It might as well have been the Democrats' logo on the bottom of that apology. We're done with woke companies. That's that's seemingly a way better response than, um, well, listen, they only did a little bit of this. The other guys do a lot, so don't sweat it. All right, what else is going on in the news? <laughs> one, one more that I think i got time for. Uh, former President Donald Trump is suing his ex-attorney. I know this is a story we've been trying to get to. Uh, fixer Michael Cohen for over $500 million, according to court documents filed in Florida. He filed the lawsuit after Cohen testified to a Manhattan grand jury uh, in Alvin Bragg's probe that the former president resulted in a recent 34-count uh, 34 felony indictment. Trump has pleaded not guilty to the charges. Co- Cohen made the hush money payments to a Adult star Stormy Daniels during the 2016 presidential campaign, which is central to Bragg's case. Trump's lawsuit accuses Cohen of violating the all-important attorney-client privilege by revealing confidences and spreading falsehoods about Trump in books and media appearances. Cohen wrongfully labeled Trump racist in a 2020 book, disloyal, and he falsified conversations with the former president, the lawsuit states. The timing of disloyal's releases prior to the November 3rd presidential election suggested the defendant intended to improperly disclose plaintiff's confidences, which would be most lucrative to do so. And while disloyal would have sure been the most damaging reputational effect, the lawsuit says so. Good for Donald Trump, like he just uh, won another court case against Stormy Daniels, and she has to pay him now even more money. Good. He's now going after former lawyer and fixer uh, Michael Cohen. Uh, Mike Pence showed up at the NRA convention in Indiana, which would be, if you throw my screen up, oh, that's his home state. Here's oh, how good. it went. Well, hello, welcome. NRA. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> And welcome.
Ouch. Wow. He's, wow. So pop- he's so popular you could put him on a can of Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light. There it is. Bud Light. Our live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. We'll wrap it up. Odds makers. Oh, the pressure is on in the NBA for Slick Rick. We'll do it when we get back right after this. I was busy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Studio 6B. Slick Rick's getting fired up. We haven't even started oh, the odds makers man. yet. Here. He's ready to Come go. Out. Commercial oh. break. Yelling at everybody. All right. Slick Rick says he's in the green. <laughs> no, he on... says he's solvent. I'm, I'm, no, I'm solvent. in the green solvent sink thing. <laughs> I thought you were down no. 60. Then you had that big winning day. You were in the final four or whatever right. that weekend. You were down 20 now. No. I, I'm, I'm You definitely... say no. Well, we got we haven't updated the graphics since G left, so we got to go back and we got to go back to the go back to the video, Big D. All right, go so you th- you're saying you're up ten? I think I'm up ten. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. You're up ten. Um, okay. Slick Rick's up ten. Here we are on a Friday night NBA playoffs on Saturday. Four good games. Let's do it right now. Slick Rick and the odds makers on a Friday night. Let me hear the music, friend. Bring it up. Here we go. I like that basketball right there. All right, Slick Rick, here we go. Game number one, we head. Oh, look at this game. <laughs> Where do you see my pick? You're not going to believe it. We, we roll to Philadelphia as the Brooklyn Nets come to town against Slick Rick's Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. This is best of five or best of seven in this round? This is best of seven. Best of seven, Brooklyn and Philly. Philly minus eight and a half at home in game number one. Slick Rick, where are we going? Well, let me give you a little story here. As you know, I've been a Philadelphia 76er fan since well, 1976 when the New York Nets, who are now the Brooklyn Nets, traded Julius Irving, the great Dr. J, who's on my set right here, Doc, uh, to the, Net, the Nets to the uh, Philadelphia, and I never looked to look back. And it's ironic they're each playing uh, the, one another tomorrow. But at 1 o'clock, Big D, eight and a half points is too much to lay for me. I think the Sixers win the game, but I think that the uh, Brooklyn Nets will cover. So give me the Brooklyn Nets plus eight and a half, praying that the Sixers could win it in eight or less. But uh, it's too many points to me at the Wells Fargo Center. So, All right, Brooklyn go. Nets plus eight and a half over Philly is game number one. Let's go to game number two. Atlanta, the Hawks surprisingly get by the Heat and get in to play the Boston Oof. Celtics. Celtics minus nine at three thirty tomorrow. Slick Rick. Where are we going in game two? Oh, TD Garden. You know, I, I, this is a lot of points, but uh, I don't think Atlanta's any match for Boston's firepower. I can see Jason Tatum late lighting it up, and I think that the Celtics win by double digits going away. So give me Boston to lay the nine. I'm, I'm giving me Boston to lay the nine, big D. All right, Celtics minus nine in game one over the Atlanta Hawks. Let's go to game number three. New York. New York Knickerbockers. The Knicks. 
Of course, they never been to playoffs when I had season tickets. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> uh, New York at Cleveland. Cleveland minus five and a half at home. New York on the road. Slick Rick, where are we going for game number three? Well, you're going to the Rocket Mortgage uh, Fieldhouse if you go into the game live. But I'm going with the Knicks. I like the Knicks even without Julius Randle. I don't believe he's playing. But I do like the Knicks to beat Cleveland straight up. But, yeah, give me the Knicks plus five and a half, Big D. Knicks plus five and a half over Cleveland is game number three. That's 6 p.m. tip. Correct. Let's go to the nightcapper. 8.30 Golden State. You're defending champs, I believe. The Warriors on the road against Sacramento, who has been fantastic. Hot. This game is a pick em. No points in this game. You just got to pick the winner. Golden State at Sacramento. Slick Rick, who you got? You know, it's hard to go against Steph Curry. He's the, you know, one of the great, well, he's probably the, he's the greatest shooter of all time. I mean, Jordan's the greatest player. And I don't know, but I like the way Sacramento's been playing. I think that the Golden One Center, ironically, the Golden State Warriors are visiting the Golden One Center in Sacramento. I think the Kings, their fans are going to be out there hungry. It's been a while since they've, they've had any kind of noise in the playoffs. Gimme the Kings. Straight up, they're going to win. And that's it, Big D. Those are my four picks. 2,500 each, 10 on the line. Let's start easy because we got to bet all week. We're going to bet all these games. But uh, these are the Saturday games. So 2,500, 10 on the line. Now, there's two games on Sunday. I guess you didn't pick the Lakers in Memphis. Memphis minus three and a half. And the Clippers in Phoenix, Phoenix minus seven. Now, I did not. Staying away from those? No, because you got two play-in games. So I didn't look at those. We'll, we'll, we'll pick on Monday night some games. Okay, so I'm we're just going to stay with those four. Yeah. So we got Brooklyn, Boston, Cleveland. I know, Knickerbockers. Knickerbockers and Sacramento. Those are Slick Rick's four picks for the odds makers on a Friday night. night. Yes, sir. All right, Slick Rick, very good. There's your odds makers. We'll uh, post those games. We'll post those (laughs) games because I know people like to follow along. Uh, with Slick Rick's picks, so we'll post those on all our social media. Check it out at LFS6B, at LFS6B. Uh, any other news, Rick Delgado, that we haven't done? Yeah, here's something that uh, came across from Zero Hedge, Tyler Durden. Uh, sobering report from Coldwell Banker uh, says, here come the vacancies as they reveal that San Francisco's office vacancy rate Oof. hit a record high, 29.4%. Oof. Wow. Wow. Thirty percent of all offices are vacant in San Francisco. Yes, right. and that's going. That number's going to go up. It's going to yeah. continue to go up. To that end, software giant Salesforce has put the last of its San Francisco office space up for sublease as part of a January plan to lay off approximately seven thousand employees and reduce its office space. SF Gate reports, according to the report, six six floors of the 350, uh, 350 Mission Street uh, office, the top four floors and the fifth and sixth floors, which encompass more than 104,000 square feet, are now up for sublease. Um, over the past two years, they've had to continually reimagine our real estate strategy, CFO Amy Weaver added, uh, according to the company's reassessment of their real estate footprint the move is in line with current industry trends as big tech firms cut workers and office space despite ceos such as salesforce mark burnoff uh pushing post-pandemic return to office policies Uh, according to the cbre report businesses are challenged with macroeconomic headwinds including tech industry layoffs rising interest rates banking industry uncertainty and recession risk so look for that to uh further affect an already um 
skittish economy. I guess that's, that's, that's the best way to describe it. It's going it. to happen in all these cities where the crime is so out of control. You just you, This is what you're going to get. Yep. You're going to continue to get these numbers rise. I saw a thing in the New York Post, as a matter of fact, nearly a third of New Yorkers want to move out. Nearly a third of New Yorkers want to move out, fed up with crime, housing costs, poor schools, and more. That in the New York Post today. A stunning 30% of respondents who also cited inept political leadership and soaring taxes as a reason for wanting to flee. They said uh, they said they already longed to live somewhere else, according to a Siena College research poll, quality of life poll. 31% said they plan to leave the Empire State when they retire, mm. while even more said they believe it's not safe for kids. Wow. No value. Yeah. And and to think about that ripple effect, if you're thinking it's not safe for kids, uh, people aren't going to want to visit because there's a lot of tourism that potentially could come to New York that is now going to make plans elsewhere. Hey, there are other places where you can go to the beach. Uh, You don't have to come to Long Island beaches in the summer. No. Yeah. Uh, you, you can take picture. You know, you can find a picture online and be like, oh, okay, that's what Montauk looks like. One last thing that I didn't get to, a couple questions to ponder over the weekend. Why is it that French President Emmanuel Macron is cozying up to China while trashing his oldest ally, the United States? Why is there suddenly talk of discarding the dollar as the global currency? Why are Japan and India shrugging uh, that they cannot follow the United States' lead into boycotting Russian oil? Why is the President of Brazil traveling to China to pursue what he calls a beautiful relationship? Why is Israel suddenly facing attacks from its enemies in all directions? What happened to Turkey? Why is it threatening fellow NATO member Greece? Is it still a NATO ally, a mere neutral, or a de facto enemy now? Why are there suddenly nonstop Chinese threats towards Taiwan? Why did Saudi Arabia conclude a new pact with Iran, its former archenemy? Why was Egypt secretly planning to send rockets to Russia to be used in Ukraine? Since when did Russia talk nonstop about the potential use of tactical nuclear weapons? All questions that Victor Davis Hansen wants you to think about this weekend uh, in his column entitled The Biden 10-Step Plan for Global Chaos. And that's exactly what we have. All right, as always, we salute our military active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody keeping us safe, everybody, all the truckers, farmers, everybody that keeps the country moving. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thank Aaron. Thank Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Have a great one. Go lick the world, and we'll see you on Monday night, 8 p.m., right here live from Studio 6B. Uh.